Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome back. We are in Romans chapter number five, and I promised you last episode we would finish the chapter Shouldn't be a problem with only four verses. Look at verse number 18, where we've been talking about Adam and Jesus and a comparison of them and noticing the federal authority that each has over his section of the human race. Now, obviously, the Lord Jesus wants to redeem all that have fallen to sin, which is everybody, and its result, which is which is death. But because of Adam, there's nothing that we need to do in order to die and ultimately even experience the second death, which is hell and the lake of fire. That's bad news. There's nothing we have to do. We're already on that road. But Jesus came to rescue us from that awful direction and that awful destination. And how did he do that? He did that by paying the penalty of sin upon the cross, by by, by on our behalf and in our stead, occupying that cross and satisfying the righteous demands of God for sin. And so now the grace of God offered through Jesus Christ can be ours if we receive the free gift by faith to trust him and trust him alone as our personal Lord and Savior. And the Bible says in verse number 18, therefore, as by the offense of one, Judgment came upon all men to condemnation. So this is a reiteration of what we said. It's because of Adam that God judged, and that judgment will ultimately culminate in eternal condemnation. There's no way to argue your case. There's no way to wiggle out of it. Uh, There's no bail that you can get out on. There's no high-powered defense attorney that can argue your case. You're done. You're condemned by the righteous standard of God, not by some up-and-coming district attorney that made a really winsome case. No, this is just, it's holy, it's righteous, and our fate is sealed. So as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men unto condemnation, even so, by the righteousness of one. Now, what does that mean, the righteousness of one? That means that Jesus was righteous, is righteous, of course, but speaking about his time on earth, he was righteous. He never did wrong. He completely, utterly fulfilled the law of God. He was the perfect reflection of what the law mirrored. When Jesus looked into the mirror of God's law, he saw a perfect reflection. And so it's by the righteousness of one, the Bible says, that the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Now, I, I want to reiterate that when the Bible says that by one man everyone died, that certainly is true. And when the Bible says that by one man righteousness came unto all men, that doesn't mean that, okay, Adam sinned, so everyone dies and goes to hell. But Jesus did righteousness, so everyone doesn't die. Everyone goes to heaven. That's not what the Bible teaches. What the Bible teaches is it came unto us. So there is potential for salvation. There's potential 
for forgiveness of sin. There's potential for that reigning life of Christ in our life as we receive him by faith. Repent of that, that's my sinful life, and receive Christ in his free gift. That's the point that's being made in verse number 18. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, and many here means everyone. We were all made sinners. So many here is just a a word that, that means all. Many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Sin makes us, right? Now what it teaches? Sin makes us, or disobedience rather, makes us sinners, and the obedience of Jesus makes us righteous. Now think about this. It wasn't your disobedience that made you a sinner. It was the disobedience of Adam that made you a sinner. You say, well, that's not fair. Why should I be a sinner because of what someone else did? That's what the Bible teaches, that you are born a sinner because your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather sinned. So by the disobedience of one man, all of us were made sinners, born sinners. We In Adam, we died, okay? But in Christ, we're made alive. So by the disobedience of one, we're all made sinners. We might say, unfair, but wait a minute, before you scream unfair too loudly, the Bible says, and by the righteousness of one, or by the obedience, rather, of one, many were made righteous. You know, why is it that we always cry unfair when it's not in our perceived favor. But why don't we cry unfair when we look at, well, it's not fair that I should be called righteous when Jesus was the one that obeyed and I didn't. You're right. It's not unfair. So when people say, well, God's not fair, first of all, that's your perspective. But when people say that, I always respond and say, and aren't you glad? (laughs) Aren't you glad that God's not fair? Because if God were fair... If God gave us what we deserve, sometimes we'll say, well, I just want what I deserve. That's a silly statement to make. No, I'm glad that God is not fair because it's not fair that I should have eternal life, that I should have the righteousness of God imputed to my record, not because of me, but because of what Jesus did on my behalf. That's not fair. I'm glad that God is not fair. Verse number 20 Moreover, so in addition to all of this, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So again, the Apostle Paul comes back to, so then is there any real good purpose for the law? I mean, we talked about Adam, and that's where sin came from. We talked about Jesus, and that's where righteousness comes from, and redemption, and reconciliation, and peace with God. So where does the law come in? Well, the law came in to show us how sinful we really are, that sin may abound. It shows us all the lines and all the barriers over which we step and which we so readily disobey. And so the law just shines that spotlight on us. It it makes the case clear that I am that sinner And I have violated the law just as Adam did. I have sinned against God just as my forefather did. And yes, I'm a sinner by nature, but I'm also a sinner by choice. And the law makes that irrefutably clear. 
You say, well, then the law is an evil thing. No, the law is good. Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 1, if a man use it lawfully. Now, the Judaizers of, of Timothy's day in Ephesus were using the law unlawfully. And then, in other words, they were using the law as a measuring stick, and they felt as if they were keepers of the law, and they were teaching that you had to receive Christ, but also keep the law in order to be saved. And Paul said, that's an unrighteous use of the law. No, the law is righteous if we use it lawfully. And the way that the law was given was to show us that we can't keep it, but that Christ already did. And that as we enter into a saving relationship with him, he can live out his power in, in and through us. The very life of Christ, the power of his Holy Spirit in our lives. That's what Romans chapter 6 is all about. So the law does have great value. But its value is only in showing us where the value is. The value is not in our righteousness or in our intended obedience. No, the value is in what Jesus did. And the law still serves as a wonderful reflection. But it's certainly not something, it's not a mountain we have to climb to curry God's favor. Look at verse number 21. We'll end with this. That as sin hath reigned unto death. Remember we talked about this? Sin has an iron-clad, iron-fisted reign over man. And what does sin do? It kills every single time. If a man is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, lust conceives, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. Sin brings death, period, full stop. It reigns. You're not going to get outside of its power. That's the control of sin. But watch this. But as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life. Even so might grace. What does grace do? Grace gives me that desire that I did not have. It gives me the ability that was not mine. That grace reigns through righteousness unto eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And you might be saying right now, but Kurt, uh, you're saying that we're saved not by our works. We're saved only by God's extended grace. And that once we're saved, that we can no longer ever have to worry about the wrath of God coming upon us. I mean, if that be true, if, if grace is God's response to sin, then shouldn't we just relish in our sin? Shouldn't we just sin more? Because sin brings grace, sin brings more grace, and why not just sin then? I'm glad you asked that question because that's the very question that Paul asks in, I think, in view of what the reader is thinking in Romans chapter 6 and verse 1. And that's where we're going to go next. I hope you'll join us for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.